All right, everybody, welcome back. So this episode, I will provide another coronavirus update. In addition to the update, we will discuss some, uh, I'll go over some stuff in America. I go over some stuff in Italy, Iran, South Korea. And in the second half of this episode, I discuss some ways, some basic ways that we can help mitigate the spread here in the United States. Um, it's very easy stuff. Very easy. Just don't, stop going out and clubbing, guys. Don't go to the clubs. Don't go to the fucking zoo. Don't go to your meetup group or whatever. No swingers events. Stay, stay away from those things. You'll be okay. Um, it, uh, okay. Also prepare. Uh, so... I talk about that, and then I talk about the H3H3 podcast, so then we move on to some other information because I'm tired of talking about corona all the time. Um, remember, go to my blog, tstuch.com, T-S-T-U-C-H.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, tstuch1. Uh, like and subscribe, like and subscribe on YouTube, Taylor Space Stutch. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Okay, guys, let's get going. So, of course, what are we going to talk about? going to talk about a couple things, um, but I want to start off with some corona updates, some corona information. So, uh, let's talk about the United States numbers. The last time I checked, we were up to um, 11 deaths. Uh, let's see how many um total infections hold on coronavirus worldometer so if you want to get some pretty accurate up to date information go to uh worldometers you can go type in coronavirus worldometer worldometer and you will find some pretty good up to date information so what do we have here USA, we have a confirmed total, confirmed, of 159, which is uh, not too bad. That being said, we are uh, – you should be aware that this number is likely wrong and will be revised up in the coming days. As testing is supposed to become more and widely available, um, then – as testing is supposed to become more widely available, then we will see more cases. Now, the majority of these cases should be mild. So I think so far confirmed cases, I've been hearing this over and over again, like 80 to 90 percent of people who get the virus will either get mild symptoms um, or some severe symptoms, right? Like a bad cold uh, or like a, a flu type situation. But you won't require hospitalization. Uh, the it looks like in Italy they're reporting around the nine or ten percent range are needing some kind of hospitalization, and that's confirmed cases. So keep in mind there are probably going to be cases that are not counted because it's so mild they don't even do anything about it. <clears throat> now that can be okay, except the problem is one issue. With uh, those mild cases is that it, they don't know they have it. They spread it further, and uh, it's really the at-risk community are the older folks. That's the uh, most dangerous part of this. So let's uh, continue. So 
Expect the number in the U.S. to increase. Now, in what – so here is what I'm looking at, which I find very interesting. So in order to get a good idea about a spreading situation, we want to look at countries where the spread has um, happened in a large amount to see what are the results. And we want to look at – okay, now I'm no expert here. I'm just giving you my opinion. If I want to have some confidence in the system, I want to look at countries that have a good healthcare system, um, and uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. So more westernized countries, right? So we look at a place like South Korea. South Korea looks like they're handling the situation well. Uh, They've got about 5,766 cases, which is a lot, by the way, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, but their total deaths are low, uh, only 35. So that looks promising. So we all know China's numbers are not looking very good. It looks like uh, it just – they're probably high. Um, their official recorded are 80,430 infected, 3,000 total deaths. Uh, Italy is concerning. Italy has 3,089 infections and 107 deaths. So – I am not sure what to make of this. Um, They have more deaths recorded than Iran, and I don't know. I don't quite understand why that is. Um, I read something that there might have been a mutation. Hopefully that's not the case, that a mutation isn't more deadly and spreading throughout Italy. Um, Italy is – since they're in Europe and they're a West – you know, they're they're not like a a third world country. I would have expected them to have less deaths because this number is pretty high. Now, that being said, people also say that in Italy they have a um, an aging population that could be hit really hard by this. And that might be what we're seeing. We might just be seeing that lots of older people are dying. Now, um, yeah, so that could be the situation. Uh, I don't like to see that number, 107 out of 3,089. That's like three over – that's like I think – if you were just to take the total number of deaths divided by infections, it's like three over 3%. Now, that being said, that's not how the math is done. Okay, remember, the math of this situation is not done by dividing the total number of deaths over infections. I've looked this up a couple times, um, including on, I think, the CDC's website. Uh, I have said before that people need to look at cohort data. What's a cohort? A cohort is like a group of people for a certain time period. So for example, the boomer generation is what we call a cohort. People born between this time and this time are a cohort of people. Millennials, people born between you know 1989 or 1990 to, I don't know, 2000, that's a cohort. So when we're looking at the uh, infections and deaths for coronavirus, we want to look at a cohort. People who were infected between this time and this time, what is their survival rate? So uh, I – most people online, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever, are not going to be privy to what – the um, to what you know, epidemiologists or doctors or the who, whoever the governing body is, most people are not going to be 
privy to the data that they're using, the time constraints they're using, but they are using a cohort, which is why the WHO comes out and said that the total uh, CFR crude or case fatality fatality rate is 3.4% globally. Now, that is pretty high. Uh, that is one in 30 to 33 people, which is a high number. Um, that is a dangerous number. You don't want to be in a situation where uh, one in 33 people die from a disease which is spreading uncontrollably throughout the world. So, uh, or at least throughout parts of the world. Now, uh, Iran, some information on Iran. Iran has reportedly 2,900 cases and 92 deaths, which is also high. But they also – there's lots of things coming out of Iran that look suspicious. So Iran apparently released uh, like several thousand prisoners. Let's check this out. Iran releases uh, prisoners. Let's check this out. I read that they released thousands of prisoners because a prison became infected. Uh, Get this. This is the shit. Um, coronavirus. Iran temporarily frees 54,000 prisoners. Oh my goodness. That is uh, insane. So in China, they had reported – they had several prisons. They had about two or three prisons that reportedly had infections. When that happened, they immediately started firing the people running those prisons. So my – um. My situation was I thought that uh, I thought that one reason why they might have done that is to avoid somebody being in charge of thousands of people dying from an infection. Um, okay, here we go. So judiciary spokesman told reporters – I said that because I can't say the name. This is a BBC article. Uh, told reporters that inmates were allowed – out of prison after testing negative for COVID-19 and posting bail. Security prisoners sentenced to more than five years ah, will not be let out. The jailed British-Iranian worker, Nazananyan Redcliffe, may be freed soon, according to a British MP. Tulip Siddiq cited the Iranian ambassador to the UK as saying that Mr. Zagari Redcliffe may be released on furlough today or tomorrow. So they are letting some people go. Um, her husband said on Saturday that he believed she had contracted COVID-19 at Tehran's Evan prison and authorities were refusing to test her. But Ismaili insisted on Monday that uh, Ms. Zagari Radcliffe had subsequently been in contact with her family and told them about her good health. Uh, she was jailed for a few years for whatever reason. Confirmed cases of Iran. So... On Tuesday, the health ministry said the number of confirmed cases had risen by more than 50%. Um, ooh, 23 of the 290 members of the parliament have also tested positive. So let's see here. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like they're – okay, so it says they're freeing 54,000 prisoners to combat the spread. So it looks like, according to Iran, which you know, trust however much you want, they're definitely releasing um, prisoners, and it looks like those prisoners are low security. <clears throat> so that's good. 
low security risk. You don't want a situation where they're releasing murderers and rapists onto the streets. Um, so hopefully they get that under control. My, like I said, I think they're doing it because I, basically it looks like in Iran they are unable to contain the outbreak in certain areas. There's some footage emerging, some disturbing footage emerging from Iran of hospitals and things like that being, um, you know, with dead patients in them from the virus. So we don't really know what's happening over there. And hopefully it's not too dangerous, but it looks like if they're not able to contain the virus, it makes sense that they would let the prisoners go. Uh, and you might say, well, why does that make sense? Well, because if they can't treat them, then they don't want them to, um, they don't want them to get infected and then be – I mean imagine. Imagine being responsible for tens of thousands of people. Say maybe they committed low-level crimes like political crimes, right? And maybe somebody just said a, a, a bad word online about the uh, prime minister or something or maybe they got in trouble because they had too many tickets. You don't want all those people – maybe the political people they want dead, but you don't want low-level criminals – Maybe for drug possession or for doing something stupid. You don't want all those people to die because that would really be a travesty if you've got tens of thousands of people contracting the disease and maybe thousands dying uh, because the prison couldn't handle them. All right, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, so let's let's get away from some corona talk. Um, I've given you my updates and what I think. Um, I also want to mention that people should uh, – some real quick – the things that you can do to prevent the corona spread, I've been reading this online. So be, this virus is highly, highly contagious, and there's a lot of things we don't know. The WHO says it's 3.4% uh, fatality rate, which is high, and we don't want we don't want to see these kinds of uh, death rates. So what can we do to stop the spread? Some really, really big things we can do are. Um, are to avoid public areas, avoid large public gatherings. This is huge. If people just stop, um, if people just stop going to mass events, you know, whether it be church events, whether it be uh, school stuff like that, if you can avoid large public gatherings, do so. Uh, the other thing is wear a mask. Wear an N99, N95 mask if you can. As it should definitely help you in combating the coronavirus. So I know online, you know, the uh, health people and ministers have been saying, "Don't worry about masks." Health ministers, we don't have a minister. Uh, the Surgeon General told everybody that they don't need to worry about masks because um, basically they just wanted to. We're out of masks in America. We don't have enough masks. So they're telling everyone not to buy the masks so that way they can have some for the doctors and nurses. So anyway, that's what I think. Now, um, what else? Oh, yeah, let's talk about H3H3. So anybody out there an H3H3 fan, as you've, if you've listened to my podcast before, you know I'm a podcast junkie, hence why I basically started my own. Now, um... H3H3, Ethan Klein, had a kind of disastrous episode uh, a few weeks – about a week ago. Not a few weeks ago. About a week ago, two weeks ago. And 
I wanted to discuss that for a bit. So the reason it went really downhill was because it looked like Ethan was picking on Ian, the intern. He's no longer an intern. He's one of the guys that works in the back, and he's a fun, interesting dude. And I have to agree with what happened. Basically, he was asking Ian questions about his health because he found out that Ian wasn't feeling well. Ian was very evasive, didn't want to answer the questions, and it just became awkward. It was like Ethan was just kind of uh, wouldn't let the situation go. He kept asking Ian about his health. He kept asking him, asking him, asking him, and he wouldn't let it go. And it got kind of annoying. And he, it sounded like he was getting angry at Ian. Um, that's what it sounded like to me. And so he was doing that. And then later on in the episode, he got in a long drawn out argument with Dan on Bernie Sanders. So I wanted to discuss that for a second because that was an interesting debate. So I want to say first off that, uh, Ethan is, has been somewhat behind Bernie. He somewhat supports Bernie Sanders, but he had a big problem with Bernie Sanders villainizing billionaires. You know why? Because Ethan is getting some money. Ethan is starting, you know, H3H3, Ethan and Hila are starting to make some money. And what does that mean? So it means that they see, basically what they see is when you attack people for being wealthy for no reason, then it opens up everybody, right? There's no, basically just saying this person is evil that the, by the fact that this person has a lot of money means they are evil, opens up the doors for a – and I know people don't like to hear this, but it really is a slippery slope. We must be very careful with these kinds of accusations that, oh, if you have a billion dollars, you must be evil. It's an interesting shift because I think – I believe I heard Ethan say uh, probably a year ago, year and a half ago that if you have a billion dollars – you probably did something unethical. You probably fucked somebody over. Like, you know, you basically did, you did some really fucked up stuff to make a billion dollars. Now he's defending billionaires because a lot of times billionaires bring products that are very valuable to society, hence how they became billionaires. That was essentially, that's what it looked like was what Ian was uh, alluding to. He talked about Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, how, look, these guys are billionaires, but also look what they brought to the world. We have um, uh, a extremely robust operating system that's been going on for many years that has made computing extremely, extremely easy. You've got companies like Apple. You've got people like Jeff Bezos who created Amazon and Amazon Web Services, which are servicing billions of people across the globe. And what he was saying is, look, just because someone is a billionaire doesn't mean they're evil. It means that they – it usually means or it can mean oftentimes that that person has provided a good or service to the market that is so highly valued that they got a billion dollars. And you can look at this with um, things like big oil. I know environmentalists and many other people can see the harmful effects of you know too many fossil fuels, right? At a local level, it's not good to have so much smog in the atmosphere and all that because it ch- chokes you out. We see what happens in fucking China. Um, that being said, the uh, energy revolution we had with fossil fuels can also not be taken for granted. Um, we 
we live in a world where we can fly, we can boat, we can drive, and motorbike all around the country and the world. And that would just not be possible without fossil fuels. Or maybe it, it could be possible, but it would not have been developed so rapidly. You know, after we started using fossil fuels to for energy like coal, oil and gas, we see how these things have powered electricity. Like they've allowed electricity. They've allowed us to use our computers. They've allowed us to um, you know, make climate controlled environments for people to survive in harsher environments like in in the desert or in the cold. So, you know, and then you wonder why these companies have so much money. And so, you know, we got to keep that in mind. And it was interesting that this debate got so long and drawn out between him and Dan because he was trying to say, look, Dan, uh, you know, Dan is one of the producers on the show. And he was saying, like, look, you can't just say or, you know, uh, Bernie's stance that billionaires are evil or that they shouldn't exist is a dangerous sentiment. It's dangerous. And I agree. His point was that when you say billionaires shouldn't exist, it will lead to fanaticism. And I, I, I very much agree with that. Uh, what we have seen in the news, if you follow James O'Keefe, uh, he's the guy that made Project Veritas. He has talked about how um, – well, not talked about. He has video footage of several Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders campaign people are, are talking about violence. How they are okay with violently, um, you know, attacking people. They're okay with violent revolution stuff like that. Like they want violence, and I'm not surprised at all because Bernie Sanders is a self-proclaimed socialist. If you don't know anything about socialism, it's generally enacted through violence. People that are pro, like really pro-socialist, not pro-welfare. Right there's a difference between a welfare state and socialism. People that are pro-socialism generally are very militant about their beliefs because they believe they have to overthrow the existing class. Right, and when you say that, um, when you say that a billionaire shouldn't exist, well, what do you do with that billionaire? There's many ways you can make somebody not exist. Right in a current status. So, does billionaire shouldn't exist? Does that mean we take all their money? Right. So, I mean, first off, that's fucked up. Uh, but then the other thing is, well, they said billionaires shouldn't exist, so we're going to kill the billionaires, right? Like heads will roll kind of thing. So, I think that, and I've talked about this before. Um, Ethan Klein is finally coming to the realization of the dangers of socialism because they are villainizing people that have done well and worked hard. See, Ethan knows he's worked his ass off. You know, him, Ethan and, and Ela have been making video content. They've worked, you know, I remember, you know, Ethan was going through a depressive stage where he was working um, all like, you know, six, seven days a week and was working all day long, uh, editing videos and making content. And you got to remember, making an online business like that is just as risky as many other ventures. You could pour hours and hours and hours into videos that just flop. Right, So it's taking a very big risk in certain respects of your time. There's no guarantee you're going to make money off of these things. So he invested lots of time and lots of energy into, the, uh, into making his YouTube channel and making their content and building their podcast, and they have employees. And he sees – now that he sees all of the work 
that it takes, um, all the work that it takes to keep things running, now he's moving away from this position of billionaires shouldn't exist or all people that make a billion are evil because I think he's realizing, oh, now that I'm making – I think maybe he's a millionaire now or probably makes a few hundred thousand a year. Um, They probably make a few hundred thousand a year, which is good, very good money. And or more because they're in L.A., so they might be needing to make more money. Um, But they're also making Teddy Fresh, the clothing line, right? So they're making money off Teddy Fresh. So basically as they develop into smarter and more capable business people, they are realizing how dangerous it is to villainize business people because it's not easy to run a business. It's also ironic because uh, Dan is against billionaires. And yet this motherfucker is playing the stock market, right? Apparently he's making good money on the – not good money, but he's doing playing the stock market and doing okay. And I think that's hilarious. So the fucking socialist dude is playing the stock market. I mean what world do we live in where – and this is a huge issue with people that support Bernie and socialism and stuff – is that no one wants to live by the doctrine – Everybody, basically, most people that proclaim they want socialism, you know, because there are a few radicals, but the average, uh, like, you know, middle class privileged person in America, which is most people that advocate for socialism, that want socialism, um, they, what they really want is more money. So if they could figure out how to make more money, they wouldn't give a fuck about redistribution of wealth. Right, like I mean, I know I have a relative. I know, I mean, the people that I have seen that are advocates that aren't legitimate fanatics of socialism that are that are just like pro Bernie and like hate the system kind of thing, but they don't really totally understand what they're against um, or what they're for. Those people just want more money, or they want you know the government to pay for their college, or they don't want to pay for health care, that kind of shit. They don't truly understand what it would mean for the government to start taking possession of industry, for the government to start directing industry in a more pronounced fashion. Uh, that would really lead to a uh, – to uh, that would just be destruction, would be lead to utter destruction. So um, yeah, uh, anyway, I thought that was so funny that Dan said that, that he's playing the stock market yet he's a socialist. So basically he doesn't really believe what he says. Right. If he really believed what he said, he wouldn't. You know, he would be off somewhere trying to make a commune in some fucking place. But you know, he's not. So here we are. Um, also, so after that episode, Ethan came back on and said, "Look, we're just playing around." You know, because that episode was not the most entertaining, but it was. Um, you know what? I guess it was entertaining, but it was more the energy level was lower. And then Ethan came out and said, look, dude, everybody, we're just playing around. We're just having fun uh, with Ethan. Ethan's cool. E- or Ian Ian came out said he was all good. Um, and, I mean, people should just chill out and let it play out. I do think that Ethan was in a bit of a funky mood that day, uh, which is why I think he kind of drew some things out and was more combative. He even mentioned it himself the, in the next podcast. He said, look, um, you know, I'm trying to make this entertaining, so at times – you know, we'll do some things that are funny or stupid. He also made the comment that we as viewers don't see them behind the scenes. 
And that's a good point. We People, if you love the H3H3 podcast, if you enjoy it, I don't love it, but I enjoy it. It's one of my go-to podcasts. Um, then we need to realize that, uh, guys, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And you should keep this in mind. Keep this in mind with all of the podcasts you watch. We get intimate moments into people's lives, but we don't see the whole picture, okay? So don't fucking think you know everything about people because you listen to a podcast. Anyway, that's all I got for today. You can check out my articles, tstuch.com, T-S-T-U-C-H.com. Follow me on Twitter, tstuch1. Email me, tateradio1 at gmail.com. Um, so remember, guys, you can like and subscribe YouTube, Taylor Space Stutch, and prepare for Corona. <laughs>